Welcome again to Our Street. Lynn Fisher with my buddy Kurt Elder, as always. How you doing, Kurt? Lynn, I'm so well. So we have today uh, Carol Bodine. And Carol is with the Nebraska Housing Developers Association. Welcome to the show, Carol. Thank you so much. So, Carol, please uh, tell our listeners about yourself, if you would. Give us some background and then uh, uh, tell us how you ended up at the NHDA. Work in North Platte for about 20 years. And the majority of my time in North Platte, I really worked a lot in community development. I was with the um, North Platte Area Chamber in Development. I was their vice president for about eight years. And so got to be very involved in the community and economic development and business development. And, um, and in a community of that size, your chamber is really just, you know, you're a part of everything. And so uh, spent some great time there. Then went off and worked for about four years for um, Mid Plains Community College. And so there I I had the opportunity to kind of get my feet wet in some fundraising and uh, just um, kind of expanding out a little bit more in the area. We, uh, McCook Community College was part of Mid Plains. And so I had the opportunity to work with people down there as well. And uh, that was a great experience. And then I got recruited off to work with a very close friend of mine. Her name was Nancy Strebel. Uh, she worked in affordable housing and community development in Nebraska for quite a few years. And she actually ran Lincoln County Community Development in North Platte for almost 20 years. And so I went to work with her. She was approaching retirement. And so I started out helping her out and kind of trying to determine if that's the role I wanted to take to move on in that executive director position. And uh, come to find out it was, I had a real passion for housing development and how that really fit in to the development of our communities. And of course that has all been at this time where rural housing and um, just housing the housing shortage in general has really come to the forefront and so um, just had a great opportunity to to work there and um, then now at the end of 2021 um, my path brought me back to Lincoln and um, I had uh, our organization out in North Platte worked a lot with the Housing Developers Association we were a member and so I was very familiar with Amber and with the organization and the opportunity presented itself that I could come on as their director of policy and outreach. So here I am today, and I'm only three weeks, not quite three weeks into this. So, Well, with a history like that, I'm pretty sure that you onboard pretty quickly. <laughs> well, you know, there's always more to learn, but it does help to, uh, to know a little bit of the background and uh, have a little bit of a step up. So, sure. so I'm excited. Tell us. Yeah, tell us about the Nebraska Housing Developers Association, then uh, the history of the organization and and what their what their uh, goals are. Okay, well, the Housing Developers Association um, came into being, um, I think, around uh, the uh, mid to late '90s, and we are a membership association of 
uh, nonprofits and for-profits and um, development districts, uh, entities in our state that are interested in the affordable housing development. And when we're talking about affordable housing, we're talking about housing that helps people in about that 80% of area median income. And that's kind of the, um, you know, there, there are many um, opportunities for a, a little more than that. There's opportunities for less than that, but that's kind of the uh, benchmark when you're talking about affordable housing is, is around that. You're, you're referring to uh, all housing, single family, multifamily, what, what, what kind of market segments do you concentrate in? Uh, we work in, our members are involved in all areas. So anywhere from, um, you know, very large multifamily developments, apartment complexes, uh, to uh, organizations that, that do just single family development in the communities. Just to give you an example, and uh, just because I've looked at, looked at this list in the past, you have members such as uh, Hoppy Development, uh, you have banks, you have uh, county development partners, uh, you have some attorney groups in there, just a wide variety of, it's just a, just a big smorgasbord of uh, in- interested parties. Yes. Yes. So, so Carol, then explain how, what, what are your methods and strategies and, and how do you affect affordable housing um, in, in Nebraska? Well, what we have, we've condensed our mission statement down to we champion affordable housing. Now that's, that's pretty general, um, but it allows us to do, um, and, and I'll use, borrow the word from Kurt, a smorgasbord. Um, it allows us to, to work in a lot of different areas. So um, one of the things besides being an advocacy organization Uh, for our members for affordable housing. We also have some programs which directly impact um, families and their their housing situations. And one of those that that Amber has been working on, and Amber is our executive director, is a program that um, allows grants for uh, low-income households to improve their heating and air conditioning. And you would be amazed at how many people out there either don't have a functioning uh, furnace and air conditioner, or maybe they have one that is sorely, you know, sorely in need of, of replacement. And so that's a more recent program that we've been working on that maybe is an example of more of that uh, direct in- impact that we can have in helping families um, we also work with RentWise, and that is an education program, um, a network of, of, of classes, educators that um, help people with learning what they need to know to be, uh, to be a tenant, to rent that first apartment or that first home and, and how to do that successfully and how to um, advocate for their their rights as a tenant. And so that's another program that we do that has um, maybe more of a, a direct impact than more of that 
um, than that overall policy and, and advocacy. Explain, explain how you uh, implement that RentWise program. Do you, do you have um, your member organizations? Are they the ones that actually go out and organize the uh, sessions and the classes or is this directly from your organization? How does it work? Um, NHDA partners with, um, and and forgive me because there's some of these uh, more, um, you know, some of the details I may not have 100% with still getting my feet under me with, with all of our programming, but um, the uh, University Extension has been a big partner in that. And um, there are some other agencies as well. And so basically, NHDA has kind of been the leader in putting the curriculum together and doing training uh, so that um, individuals and other agencies are able to go out and provide that training. Uh, we, we helped put together the materials and um, then, as I said, kind of having that train the trainer program. Um, with the last, uh, of course, couple of years with with COVID and all of that, uh, they're working right now on formulating a an online version of that program so that we can continue to get that information out there, but not be bringing larger groups of people together when that just is not prudent. When we think about programs across the state and we look about the reach and impact, part of it is just a straight in count, the numbers of people that you serve, but there's also just that geographic distribution. When we look at RentWise, uh, would you have an idea of how many uh, persons that you would serve across the state annually? And would you have a idea oh. of that distribution, whether by congressional district or by county? Oh, goodness. I wish that I had that data right um, handy, but I do not. Oh, no problem. And so I apologize for that. I do know as being on the other end of it, when I was working in North Platte, that um, you know, the program was throughout the state. Um, we worked on it in the North Platte area as well when I was with my organization oh. there. So um, it does have a statewide a statewide distribution. Sure. Uh, but I apologize that I don't have numbers yeah, for just you. Fine. Lynn, just, can, I just just throw some- can I throw in one more quick just follow-up question? Just, just tying things in from your past where we are now, when we look at this rent-wise idea, uh, the program, the uh, pieces, within Lincoln, it's classically used within our housing authority to help provide preference points. But there's this broader idea of you know, you know, working out with the uh, housing provider, affordable housing landlord community to say, if you have a qualified tenant, an educated tenant, there should be some benefits. Is there a movement or a is there a reflection on on how the Housing Developers Association can get more benefit for that education? Well, I I definitely think that um, having it more um, so that it's not just that we are uh, letting the tenants know about this, but as you referred to, having landlords and and managers being aware of it as well is so important. And that's probably an area of opportunity for us because as you said, it's um, it's beneficial to the landlord to have a tenant that's prepared to to rent the unit effectively. And, and, you know, oftentimes, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And you may have someone renting a unit that just, you know, they, they don't know what it, 
what it takes to be a to have their own place or to know what they're responsible for as a tenant and so sure um you know to have that um education available and so you know if it can be something that our landlords um and property managers can be referring as well um then you're just overall um you're helping out everyone to be successful in being able to stay in a home of their choice sure so I think it's time for a break, Kurt. Sure, yeah. So why don't we do that? We'll take a break here for just a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back and uh, and we'll continue this great conversation. Welcome back to Our Street, Lynn Fisher and Kurt Elder. Uh, Today, we're having a conversation with Carol Bodine and she is the the new person here with the Nebraska Housing Developers Association. Uh, Carol, what's your title again? It's, I am the director of policy and outreach okay so carol uh, in the first half of the show we talked about generally um your background and and the um, nature of the nebraska housing developers association programs that they have etc and and we're talking about some of those programs but i'd like to um, talk to you in general about what are the challenges and impediments to new housing development to help alleviate the um, lack of supply for housing in general, but particularly for affordable housing. So what kinds of challenges does your organization see and help to overcome for new development? Okay, well, oh boy, right now it's cost of construction. Uh, Cost of construction and cost of land um, and availability of land for development. Um, Cost to develop the infrastructure of those, you know, if you're um, developing out um, land, uh, infrastructure is expensive. So um, what has what has happened on the affordable housing standpoint is that um, it's very difficult to construct a new home that you can sell for a price that a first time home buyer can afford. And so that's where um, the grant funding that comes from our Nebraska Affordable Housing Trust Fund. And that is, um, those are funds that are held within the Nebraska Department of Economic Development. And that fund is, um, where that fund comes from is from that doc stamp tax that you pay when real estate changes hands. And that has, that goes into the Nebraska Affordable Housing Trust Fund. The Department of Economic Development administers those funds. There are competitive grant cycles uh, for those funds. And I know from a personal standpoint, when I was on the other end and was actually working to develop affordable housing, we couldn't develop housing or rehab housing for um, low to moderate income home buyers or homeowners without having some of those funds to subsidize the efforts. And so it, that, that trust fund really fills a very important uh, niche in um, the affordable housing uh, development market. Um, so, um, and cost of construction has gone up so much as, as you're aware, your audience is probably aware. Um, you know, we saw in the last year and a half, probably at least 25% increases in some of our costs 
And then just availability of products as well, building materials, um, getting them in, garage doors, um, windows, things like that. Um, the whole construction process timeline has really been extended out uh, because you can't, you just can't get things built as quickly because you can't get your materials. So gotcha. that has probably been um, the most recent um, greatest impediment that I would say. So Glenn, go ahead. Well, so Carol, how do, how do government regulations and, and zoning restrictions and those sorts of uh, burdens put on the whole process, how, how do those play in here? Does your group advocate for fewer um, regulations or, re or easing of some of those restrictions that we see in, in uh, the requirements for, for new development? Is that something that your group looks at? You know, that would be something that we would look at, um, you know, case by case basis. Um, our overall focus would be that we wouldn't want to advocate on something that made uh, construction or made anything less safe. Um, we, um, the, the um, Department of Economic Development does have uh, obviously uh, government standards and, and regulations that, that govern how those funds can be used, um, you know, um, and the, the levels of, I don't want to say the, um, say when it comes to um, energy efficiency, um, safety, radon mitigation, all of those things. So um, we would never advocate against um, something that, that made things safer but we would also want to keep in mind that that it should also be practical um, and uh, not something that maybe goes beyond what would be what would be yeah. necessary. So I, I know I kind of a little wishy-washy maybe in that no, no, answer, but but it, no, it would fun. have to be on a case by case basis. Sure. Well, I'm thinking in general here in, in Lincoln, we have impact fees, for example, uh, that yes. seem to be a huge impediment to even remodeling. I have a couple of commercial tenants that have complained about just going in and, and, and putting in an office into a space into the, they have thousands of dollars in impact fees that they have to pay for virtually making no changes. So those kinds of things, I guess I have in mind, um, sure. which, and I know on a new development, impact fees are just a huge, huge uh, expense to the developer. And uh, so for single family homes as well, Kurt. So I'm gonna tie into the other side of this, which would be, if we would go to your website and could you tell us your, could you tell us your website right, right quick so people can find that themselves? Oh, um, it's, um Boy. <laughs> it is housingdevelopers.org, but that's okay. Yes. So within, yes, within housing you. within the housing developers, we also get links to you know, different reports, such such as from the National Low Income Housing Coalition. And yes. since you're a statewide group, uh, looking at yes. Nebraska, we would see that you know that the you know that the average renter wage is about fourteen bucks, but the wage you need for a two bedroom wage would be about seventeen dollars. So when we think about policy and the advocacy work that you do in in the legislature. So there is the construction side of barriers and whatnot, but then the other barrier is also, do you have funds for these units? Do you advocate for a higher minimum wage? You know, um, we we are governed by a board of directors that represents our membership. And so um, any of those types of policy issues, um, we would uh, we'd 
discussed as a part of our uh, policy committee and then um, come to a consensus as to whether it would be something that we would um, maybe just educate about rather than actually taking a stand. Sure. So, um, so perhaps, because so, I know we're just always just trying to get as many questions as we can in a short little time, I'm just going to yes. pop into the next one. When we okay. look at you know, affordable housing, and Lynn, I think it's going to tie into some of what, perhaps what you're not thinking about is, when we look at affordability and those units that are both affordable and available, when we look at, and I, and I really only know Lincoln and Lancaster's numbers, so excuse me, but when we look at Lancaster County, the number of affordable and available units, we have a surplus at the 80% AMI level. But when you get down to the 50% level and 30, that's where you start having deficits. And that's just part of the good Nebraska mentality, right? If you want to save money, pay off bills, you get a housing option that's cheaper and, and then less than what you can really afford. Do you support, you know, so right now we have different restrictions on who can rent different places based on age, it's legalized, discrimination, whatever. Um, do you think that we should have more rules like that so that only certain units should be available at certain income levels so that those units are also affordable and available to those income groups? You know, that's it's not something that I can weigh in on yet that's fine. Um, in speaking for the organization as a whole. <laughs> so um, Maybe in your sixth week, right? There you go. There you go. And so the last question I would have is just tying back in to Lynn. Lynn has, you know, talked about, you know, you know, you know, there is cost and there's impediments to doing new development. Um, but that's coming from a capitalist perspective. Again, you may not have this, but would, would you have any history of how the organization might have, you know, encouraged its members to use the power of local government to provide land with infrastructure with access, you know, so so instead of you know, giving the money to developers um, or just benefit to developers, the city and community or, or county whatnot become partners in that development and they can buy down, you know, rents or whatnot. Any Anything like that happened within our state? You know, there are um, individual communities and areas have been, um, you know, have been innovative, I think, in their own ways of doing that. Um, there is, of course, the tax increment financing, which is a whole nother um, we've had, conversation. We've had great so conversations on that. Yeah, so we won't get into all that. But, you know, there are um, there are things that local governments um, can work with with their with their developers. And, um, you know, I saw a lot of that out in North Platte and, and I know in some of the smaller communities where maybe land was not quite as as expensive, um, you know, they're able to do some more of those partnerships. Um, when it comes to to Lincoln and Lancaster County, I've I've been out of the loop now for a little while um, as to um, the things that are going on here. So um, I guess I'm not I'm not adding a, a huge amount to you, our conversation. You are on just that, fine. When I, I I'm wrong. I have one last question. Then we'll leave last question to to you. But my Last question would be, how would you define success? Oh, boy. Success would be is if we are, um, boy, what I'm going to say is that when it comes to housing, and this is now I'm speaking, 
I'm going to speak for my myself at this point. Okay, um, my my concept in in how my housing work is that you've got a continuum. You have you have homelessness. You have people that um, need assistance to you know maybe get into that apartment or that house. Um, success for me would would be I'd like to see everybody have a warm bed to sleep in at night and feel safe. All right. Lynn. Yeah. Do you, well, do, you Carol, have anything, a, do you have anything that you want to add on in our last two or so minutes? Well, I just wanted to just wanted to thank Carol for coming on and uh, sharing her, her thoughts with us and the information about the Nebraska Housing Developers Association and, and uh, the great work that it sounds like is uh, happening over there. So I want to do that. And then, um, just give you an opportunity, Carol, one last time to tell people how, if they're interested in in, in this subject and your organization or how um, you know, what you have to offer, how can they contact you or the organization? Okay. Um, our phone number is 402-435-0315. And then my email is carol at housingdevelopers.org. And um, I just, I appreciate the opportunity to, um, to be with the organization, to be back in Lincoln. Um, I appreciate both of you giving us this opportunity to talk and um, your, your patience with me as being a little bit of a newbie on the, on the block as well. Um, so. Um, well, we'll have you back. That's how you make friends. All right, that'll be a deal. All right, well. Carol, thanks again, and thanks to our listeners for spending uh, some time with us here on Our Street. For Kurt Elder Lynn Fisher saying thanks, and we'll see you again next week.